grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how's everybody doing tonight? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ah, oh, another glorious, beautiful day. Hope everybody had a great day. Uh, I've had a great day. I've had a pretty good day. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also your. I'm also. I'm also your. <laughs> I don't know, but something keeps popping up on my on my phone. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal, Paranormal Investigation Team, uh, based out of Sacramento. Uh, we're 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need, we may be able to get to you. I mean, what? We might not be able to get to you for a couple days. And that's because California is such a huge state that uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize how, how, how big of a state we actually are. This thing keeps popping up and it shouldn't. Goodbye. Goodbye later. Okay. Um, anyway, I'm distracted. Don't do pop. Don't allow pop-ups on your phone. It's still popping up. Why? I don't know. Anyway, um, welcome. And now, you know, California, when people think of California, they think of us as surfing and, and palm trees and all that good stuff, right? And uh, we are. But uh, it's not, like, warm all the time in all the areas because we have an, up, an area of north where it stays cool, fairly cool. And then we have deserts and, and high deserts and mountains and, and, and things like that. So it doesn't always stay cool. And we also have farmland and a lot of open land. So that's why, in some cases, it may take a while to get to you. In that case, we do have sensitives on staff who can call you and talk with you before we even go out. And in some cases, excuse me, wow, depending on what's going on, they can calm things down, calm the energies down in your place of business or your home. So, you know, it just it just puts that lull in there until we can get out there and, and, and do our thing. All right, that being said, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you hear, terrific. Uh, be sure to leave us a thumbs up or a smiley face or... I'm getting messages in. Hang on, guys. Um, be sure to leave us a thumbs up or a smiley face or even, I don't know, whatever happy thing there is. Because what that does is, that, or a comment, that puts us in the uh, FY, higher up in the FYP, which means we go out to more people and, and they could see us when we're on the air, you know, and that draws more people into the show. So that's cool. And if you haven't done so already, you don't follow me on Facebook, be sure to do that because we do shows every day, every day of the week. Also, YouTube works the same way. We do shows every every day of the week, uh, starting on Sundays. And if you like what you see, be sure to subscribe. And uh, be sh yeah, be sure to subscribe and leave us happy faces, small you know, happy faces, smiley faces, hearts, all that good stuff. And also chat with us in the chat room during the shows because that that puts us in the F higher higher up in the FYP on you on those channels as well. Okay, that being said, my guest is, is due any second, and I haven't got a note from him yet. And if he doesn't come in, we're just going to sit here and have a nice old chat together. That's what I'm looking at messages right now to see 
if he's leaving me any messages, it happens. And he was concerned about, so he's a cybersecurity guy, so he was kind of concerned about the security of coming into StreamYard. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with that. So uh, it happens. Um, he called, He let me know Tuesday night that he would be doing the show, so I was ready and shifting. And let's see if he comes in. And he's here. Okay. Okay. We got this. Okay. All right. So my guest tonight, Ben Lonetree, is uh, – I'm going to bring him on. Let him talk to you, okay? Let's just do this. In fact, we're going to have Nancy Matz on as well to talk with him because Nancy Matz lived in Arizona, and she had gone – she had visited Sedona. So we're going to have a we're going to have a three-way here tonight, okay? All right, here we go. So let's bring in Ben Lonetree. There's Nancy. Here we go. Hello. can't hear mm. uh oh she's having I'll trouble right hearing me. let me get my okay. coffee all right all right here we go <laughs> hello mr Longtree. hello in regards to the fight outside i live remote and i had two deer fighting over water so i had to go and break out break up a deer fight wow that's crazy are you i mean how, how do you do that how, how does somebody break up a bear fight I just go out and make my presence known, and they take off. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I've got media. See, Mass is going to help. Is going to co-host tonight because she lived in that Arizona area, and, and she and she had visited Sedona quite quite a bit. So she knows okay. a lot. She knows a lot more than I do. So <laughs> that'll be good. Is there any chance you can turn your mic volume down a little bit? It's pretty loud. I can do that. How's that? Little more. Is that better? A little more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. That helps. Yeah, sometimes it does that. How That's my am I supposed to be on tonight? Yes. Sir, I can't hear you. <laughs> he says I'm too loud. He's <laughs> I don't know. Ben, you can hear me all right, right? Okay. We're just going to do this. I'm going to have her sign back in. Tell me about you, Mr. Lone Tree. Well, I am officially retired now, but professionally, I was an electrical engineer. And mm -hmm. uh, I also have several other degrees in electronic circuit design and a few other areas. But that was during the work career. I've been mm -hmm. up here... I've been here in the Sedona area now for 24 years. And when I first arrived here back in 1999, I went to Sedona and I kept hearing from all of the stores and the local people there about Sedona's mysterious vortex energy. And I thought it was a tourist trap. So mm -hmm. being a published scientist also, my mm -hmm. research in Sedona ended up being published by Laurentia University in a paper called The Journal for Consciousness, Exploration, and Research. So mm -hmm. technically, I'm a published scientist after all of this. So I set out in Sedona to disprove this vortex energy and that it was having an effect on people. And lo and behold, I found out, it only took me a few years to design and develop the equipment, 
I found out it was very, very real. And I've been researching it ever since to understand physically and biologically why it has an effect on people. And it's mm -hmm. pretty phenomenal. It, it's been quite an experience. So here's a question I have for you. And having go, done a lot of ghost hunting in a lot of areas with caves, you know, because yeah. you, 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 you get kind of like a, a certain effect at certain times of the year in the caves because there, there's water going through that limestone and stuff. And so that yeah. tends to cause a higher EMF. Is that what's happening in Sedona or that could be underground water? Because obviously it's desert. But could there be well, underground water channels? There, a lot of it has to do with water channels, but mm -hmm. geologically, Sedona is very, very prone to this type of energy and activity. You have the U.S. Geological Survey did a very big electromagnetic study of the Sedona area and published a paper on it. And what they found, Sedona is magnetically off the charts their equipment would measure up to what's called 400 nanotesla and the Sedona area pegs it. Now that oh. is due, that is due, Sedona is very red, all of the rock is red. That's Fe204 iron oxide, which mm -hmm. is inductive. Uh, but what's really important is beneath all of the red rock in Sedona is a huge layer of quartz crystals. In fact, if you're out hiking or you're you're out in the outback in Sedona and you look at some of the rock, you will see little quartz nodules and crystals protruding from the red rock. Now, right. what the US Geological Survey, the study showed is those quartz crystals are also emitting their own magnetic field. So okay. what you so what you have there, you have the natural magnetic energy from the earth, from the center of the planet, coming up through the quartz crystals mm -hmm. and then through the red Fe204 iron oxide, which helps align that magnetic field. And the quartz crystals that the study found not only distort the Earth's magnetic field, but mm -hmm. because they produce their own magnetic field, they add to it. So okay. when, this, when this magnetic energy comes out of the ground, it's spinning like a tornado or like a vortex. Mm -hmm. And when, when we're sitting in one of these spots where it comes out of the ground, it has an effect on our brain, our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, because our brain, without getting too technical, sure. the human brain works on magnetic principles. Every time, every time you have a neurotransmitter in your brain sending a signal over to a neuroreceptor, that happens through what's called an axon. And mm -hmm. that axon's like a piece of wire. Well, whenever you have electricity, an electrical signal flowing through an axon, it creates current which creates a magnetic field. Mm -hmm. So the magnetic field inside of your brain is interacting with the spiraling vortex like right. magnetic energy coming out of the ground in Sedona. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the like, short version. Right. And kind of like what you're saying is what 
people experience when they're in like an EMF cage. You know, like like if I'm down in somebody's basement and they've been having hallucinations and everything down in there, and then we look around and the EMF is off the charts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's the same principle. Now, there was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Michael Persinger at the University of Laurentia up in Canada. He invented what was called the God Helmet. And some of your listeners may have heard of that. Now, what the God Helmet did is it looked, the original one looked like a football helmet. It was all full of electrical, electromagnetic solenoids, what they call solenoids. Uh -huh. And Dr. Dr. Persinger injected rotating magnetic fields into the solenoids. They penetrated into the brain of his test subjects, primarily mm -hmm. his college students. And he could hit the right sequence of rotating magnetic fields and make people think God was standing behind them or an omnipotent presence was there in the room or in the booth with them. It's the same effect in Sedona, but it's happening naturally as a product of the geological makeup of the Sedona area. Now, there's probably other areas all around the world where this happens. Mm -hmm. And I, I would love, if I had time, to travel all over the world wherever you have known ancient oracles mm -hmm. or like the pyramids or Stonehenge. I had a friend of mine went to Stonehenge and checked magnetic energy in Stonehenge and it was real high. And I bet if you go to these different sacred ancient spots, you're going to find naturally occurring magnetic energy is mm -hmm. going to play a part on why these places were built where they were, because they have a profound effect on human consciousness. Fascinating. And so the people that go to Sedona to meditate and, you know, have these psychic visions, are, is that what you think is really happening? Or is it because, like you say, their brain is, is attuned to these these, these uh, energy vortexes that, that are causing them to have the visions? No, it's, it's not like taking a drug and hallucinating. Mm -hmm. It's a natural stimuli to the brain now, this is going to sound way out there, and your listeners may have a hard time digesting it or accepting it. But in Sedona, they also talk about portals, portal openings. They, and I've researched them, I've been at this 24 years. A portal is an opening or a doorway to another dimension. Now, NASA has proven, they put a series of satellites up back in 2012, and they found there are, they call them um, E-nodes, and they are electromagnetic portal openings. They found four of them around the Earth, and these openings, even NASA admits, are openings to other dimensions we cannot perceive. So, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull all the stops out here and put it all out there, and your sure. your your listeners can decide for themselves. Absolutely. Um, I have had in my 24 years in Sedona, uh, what do they call them? UAPs. Now I used to call them UFOs. Now they call mm -hmm. them UAPs. I have literally watched 
UAPs form, they look like a mirage when they first appeared. They shimmer like you're looking at a mirage on a hot day on the road. They shimmer, then they solidify. Mm -hmm. They do whatever they're going to do. They start shimmering again, and then they just totally disappear. So I, I hypothesize why Sedona has so much UAP activity, visitors, these people in the craft are not traveling thousands of light years to get here. They have learned to dimensionally shift space and they can be here in an instant. Instantly. Wow. I have seen at least, I've seen this phenomena happen at least a dozen times in my mm -hmm. 24 years up there. I have absolutely no doubt we are being visited, but how they get here and how they leave is a dimensional shift. Now, science has already proven. You've probably heard the term, we are multidimensional beings. Right. Now, to elaborate on that, the human brain, and scientifically, this has all been verified and monitored, our brain acts like a quantum computer, and they feel it is functioning in a multidimensional reality. Years, years ago, they took brain tissue and put it under an electron microscope, and they found a particle at the atomic level in human brain tissue. That particle would disappear, reappear, disappear, and reappear as they were filming it on uh, through their electron microscope. Now they figured one or two things are happening. This particle is either dimensionally traveling because uh -huh. they did find our brain works on upwards of 11 to 14 dimensions. So our brain at least is literally a multi-dimensional quantum computer. Now I know that's a lot to digest, but everything I've researched, everything I've experienced in Sedona after 24 years, all point to that being reality. So when people are in Sedona having an experience, it's not synthesized. Dr. Uh -huh. Persinger's God helmet was making it happen. Right. In, in Sedona, all of the natural elements are there for it to happen naturally. Is it a hallucination? No. People okay. that are having experiences in Sedona are experiencing multi-dimensional realities and they're receiving information from where I don't know. Perhaps it's multi-dimensional beings in another dimension that are able to communicate. What I tell I tell people this, and I've taken a, hundreds of people there now and tested them. I have portable EEG for monitoring brainwave activity. Mm -hmm. I will put people on one of my known vortices that I really like. Put, wire them up with brainwave monitoring. And as you see the magnetic energy coming out of the ground surge, you can see their brainwave activity surge right wow. at the same time. So here's what I tell people when they come to Sedona. Whatever you have inside of you, be it negativity, be it trauma, be it positive good stuff, 
whatever you bring there, Sedona is going to amplify it. Now, there's two types of energies in Sedona. There is outflowing, spiraling magnetic energy, uh-huh. but the, law, the laws of physics state whenever you have a magnetic field leave the ground or the main magnetic field, it has to reconnect. And that where it reconnects, that's called an inflow. Now, when you're sitting in an outflowing spiraling energy, I tell people, I've taken people there, put them on a vortex. Some people start laughing, they get giddy, Uh and other people burst into tears. So I tell people, whatever you bring to Sedona, be it negative, be it positive, Sedona amplifies it. It's like a big amplifier. So if you're bringing a lot of past trauma or negativity or things you want to get rid of, you can sit in an inflowing spiraling vortex-like acting magnetic field, and you all of that negativity is going to come to the surface. You can't help it. It just happens naturally. But that's an ideal time to take whatever you brought with you that's bad, put it out in front of you, put it on a plate, look at it, and get rid of it. You can actually feel the magnetic energy. It's like you're being uplifted. So I tell people, take take that negative energy, project it into the spiraling magnetic vortex leaving the ground, and let it pull it out of you and send it off into space. Now, I also mentioned inflowing vortex energy. Now, if you go to a spot where that magnetic energy is reconnecting into the planet, and you lay in that spot, that's a good place to do introspection work. The first time I did that, I found a real good inflow and I put all my magnetometer, my equipment on it to verify what it was there and what was happening. Mm-hmm. I laid on that rock about 15 minutes. I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. You literally feel like you're being pulled into the planet. And that's because all of that magnetic energy that was airborne after it left the outflow was is flowing through you back into the earth. So you will feel like you're actually being pulled into it. So it's a good time to go within. Now, when I had my first experience on an inflow, after 15 minutes, I could not get up. I had to roll over on my side get up on my hands and knees and push myself up. And I was dizzy. I had to hang on to something. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do that type of work up in Sedona, it's always good to have somebody that knows the energy and can help you guide, guide you through the work. You can do it on your own. I've been doing it on my own for 24 years, but I got used to the physical effects it has on you. It's nothing, uh-huh. it's nothing harmful, fantastic, wonderful energy. But the more you know how to work with it, the more beneficial it is for you. Now, when the Native Americans lived there, they didn't live in Sedona because the energy was so high. They lived outside of the area where that sure. magnetic vortex energy was not present. And to them, Sedona was a holy place. It's where they would go to to pray. It's where they would go to work through their own emotional Uh 
baggage, whatever was going on within, within them. It was sacred. And when they were done working with the energy, they left. They didn't live there. The, there's a standing joke or rule at Sedona. If you, can, if you decide to move there and you can last three years there, you're permanent. But many, many people come there, buy a house, they last a year or two and they leave. They can't handle the energy. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a sect of Buddhist monks that spend a lot of time there. Well, out in the outbook, they built a, a big retreat, a monastery for themselves. They were there five years and they had to leave. They said, the energy is too much. So some people can handle it. Some people cannot. It, it, it's very special. And I understand now why it's a very, very sacred area. And it always has been. It's a phenomenal place. But, well, you know, when you were talking about the pulling you down, you know, when mm-hmm. you're laying down, you can feel it. We did a uh, investigation at a house, again, over a cave area. Yeah. And that was one of the complaints in this one bedroom that one of the clients had was that she had, she felt like she couldn't get out of bed, like something was pushing her down into bed. Yeah. And then when we would lay on the bed, it was the same effect, you know, where, you know, where that was happening. And that's what we figured was going on was there was some kind of vortex there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very possible. Like I said, if the geological makeup of the area is right, whatever's down in the ground, these vortex sites are, they're going to happen all over the place. They're not just limited to Sedona. That's where I spent a quarter of a century doing my research, but I'm sure there's other spots. Now, earlier you mentioned water. Water is another very important factor, especially when the U.S. Geological did that magnetic survey of the Sedona area. That's what they were doing. They were looking for underground water. Uh And you get when magnetic energy travels through water, it gets all distorted. So Uh it's real easy to map it, whatever water is underground, by using a magnetometer. And that's the same device I use when Mm -hmm. I'm looking for special hot spots up in the Sedona area. Now, EVP stuff, ghost hunting, I did that uh, many, many years ago. I had an experience I didn't like, so I quit. I just stopped doing it. Uh, Have you ever heard of Bradshaw Ranch? I have not. You've heard of Skinwalker Ranch? I have. I was just thinking of that when you were talking about all this. Well, Bradshaw Ranch outside of Sedona, about five miles, is another skinwalker. Same thing, same phenomena. Uh, I just got done researching it. I spent two years doing it. Uh, I do not care to go back. That is another spot. That's intense portal activity, and I mean real intense. We have actually photographed a being, an entity that came through the portal into our dimension. Wow. Uh, the ground surrounding it is all full of huge tracks. People go Bigfoot tracks. I don't like the term Bigfoot. I think that's kind of an insult to these beings that have figured out how to enter our dimension and then go back into theirs when there's an opening, a doorway, a portal opens up. Um, Bradshaw is not a negative, bad place, mm-hmm. but 
there is other human activity out there now, and I leave it alone. Uh, the Bradshaws who own the ranch were bought out and they had to leave back in 2005 and they were bought out by the US government and the ranch had a very huge military presence for a while and it's still there and I'm just going, my research is done. I know what's happening there. It's a phenomenal place. It is not a, too many people go out there as thrill seekers and that's not what you want to do. Uh, I got talking to one forest ranger that the forestry department used to go out there and keep an eye on it after the government bought it. It's mm -hmm. very remote. It takes you an hour and 10 minutes to get there. It's way in the back country. There is nothing there. You have no cell phone service, no electricity, no nothing. And this ranger said they no longer allow their own park rangers to go there. They forbid them to even go to the place. And he told me in the past 15 years, 11 people have gone out there. They found their vehicles. They never found the people. Wow. So it's, it's not negative, but, you know, I have experienced a portal opening on the ranch. You could physically see it. And if somebody goes out there and you hop in through that opening, wherever you end up, you're not coming back. And I, I suspect that's what happened to the people, thrill seekers that went out there. Just uh, they wanted a rush to see what was there. Right. So it's not bad. The entity I experienced that came through the opening was not a negative entity, not at all. And I don't like calling them Bigfoot because they have to be very, very intelligent to have learned how to manipulate portals and how to use them. We don't know how to do it. They do. So they have to have a certain amount of intelligence to have it figured out. Uh, it's just not, it's not dangerous, but if you don't know what you're doing and either accidentally or intentionally, you go through one of these openings when they're there God only knows where you're going to end up. And I suspect that's what happened to all of the people that went there and they never found them afterwards. They found their car. That was it. It's and a bizarre. That, oh, yeah. And, and maybe that's what's happening with these missing, uh, what is it, the, the missing 911 cases? You know, the ones that go out in the end of the woods and stuff and all they find are their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, being an engineer and also being a scientist, uh -huh. I've always stayed open-minded. And I've never been one to stay inside of the box. In fact, what I learned in all of the college I've taken, I was told by one of my instructors one time, I asked him a question after he gave a lecture, and he said, if you think like that, you will never have a job. In other words, that was a signal to me, you stay in our box. Well, mm -hmm. I've always pushed the envelope. I go outside the box. I at least stay open to it. Right. And, But now, after all of my years of doing this, even mainstream science is starting to look at my work going, something's going on here. Mm -hmm. But they're limited. 
They don't want to lose their tenor if they're teaching in a college campus. They can't go way out there like I do. I'm retired right. now. I don't care anymore. So I look <laughs> at all of it and I put it all out there. Um, we, I have a real good saying I like to tell people on Facebook. You are more than you think you are. And so is the world and the universe around you. It's just... It's phenomenal. It just, our five senses, hearing, taste, touch, smell, so on and so forth, our reality is limited to what we sense and experience through those five senses. But there's so much more we can't even perceive. It's just, it, it, it's phenomenal. Um, I'm 71 years old now. And I feel like a kid because I'm still learning. There's so Absolutely. much out there. You can never learn at all. So I tell people, stay open to ideas. I've taken it a step further. I've always questioned. I've always been open. I went, I have the ability to see what this stuff is. And I've devoted a third, almost a third of my life now to understanding it. The better we understand the phenomena the more we can learn how to work with it. Ancient people, our ancestors that worked with these portals, mm -hmm. ancient Native Americans, they knew what they were. They knew how to deal with them. They knew how to work with them. We have forgotten so much, it isn't funny. Well, I want to learn as much as I can before my time comes, and I have to recycle. Actually, I don't want to come back here anymore. This planet's too insane. I want to go somewhere else. There's it's there's too much there's too much negativity, too much evil here. It just I've seen enough. Seventy one years, that's enough. That's it. So phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And the more we learn how to work with it, and the more knowledge we gain, the more beneficial it's gonna be for us. Mm -hmm. I have a question now with these vortexes and I've done this when I've been on investigations where there's a vortex where I try to show people where they are, where I'll go stand on it, you know, stand right on the area. I'll close my eyes and put my arms up and then I start weaving back and forth because you can actually feel that, you know, that energy coming yeah. up. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing happens when you're up in Sedona. Uh, I cannot stand out of vortex and close my eyes. I'm going to fall over. I get too dizzy. So I have to keep my eyes open so I can keep a reference focal point so I don't lose my equilibrium. Phenomenal stuff. Now, there is another factor at play. I wanted, you know, I explained about Dr. Persinger, the God helmet, and how magnetic right. energy stimulates our brain because our brains are magnetic. Science, I measured this too. Science has been doing it for a long time, but about seven years ago, I built the equipment that you wore around your head. You have the neurotransmitters, the neuroreceptors, the axons, electrical energy flowing through the axon. Current is produced. Magnetic energy is produced. You have billions of axons, the neurotransmitters, and neuroreceptors in your brain. So I read an article years ago, and then I built the equipment to verify it for myself. 
science has found with all of the activity going on in our brain, the magnetic activity, we actually have a magnetic cloud surrounding our head just from our brain operating. So either the vortex energy is affecting that cloud. They, now, one of Dr. Meisigl's uh, protégés, uh, Dr. Todd Murphy, he's an acquaintance of mine, also from Laurentia. Todd came up with a theory. And remember now, he's a scientist. He's a neurologist. That what we call consciousness is actually contained in that magnetic cloud that surrounds our head. If our consciousness is external to the brain and is inside of that cloud surrounding our head, it stands to reason how magnetic influences can affect us. Science has also found people who sleep close together with their heads close together have shared dreams together. And they feel that's happening because the cloud surrounding each of their heads is intertwined. It's overlapped because they're close together. So they're sharing dreams together at the same time. Now, there's another interesting thing about the human brain and the human body. We have what's called biological magnetite in our body. We have a lot of it inside of our brains. If you go to my website, SedonaAnomalies.com, I have a lot of information on there, how you can see how it's biologically all broken down. Now, I had a friend of mine, he's passed on now. He worked for GE Medical Systems back east. He was one of the original inventors of the MRI brain scanning device. Uh-huh. He, cre- he created the original, very first one. And he used to call me up 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we'd talk about different ideas, neurologically speaking and human consciousness-wise. And when he retired from GE Medical Systems, his wife suffered from fibromyalgia. And he set out, he wanted to find a cure to help her. So he built an 80-bed sleep laboratory on his property. And he would have people suffering from different neurological things or what he thought was neurological. He'd wire them up with brain monitoring equipment and have them spend the night And he told me what he found is women in their inner ear fluid have an 80% higher concentration of magnetite in their inner ear fluid, biological magnetite, than what men do. Now, if you look back through history, who was persecuted as witches and seers and psychics? Women. Why? because they naturally, biologically, have higher levels of magnetite in their inner ear fluid. That magnetite detects electromagnetic activity external from the body, and it sends electrical impulses up into the brain and creates thought. So women are naturally more adept at detecting subtle energies than what men are. That does not mean 
men cannot experience a vortex or the energy, I think we have to have the ability to calm ourselves a little bit more. And that's key. You don't have to be a Zen meditation master to experience a vortex. Mm -hmm. You just have to know how to quiet your mind and relax and it'll happen. You'll feel it. Women do it naturally. Men just have to work a little bit harder at calming themselves. It's just the way that we're made. But once you do that and you quiet your mind, it's wide open to experience the same thing that women women can. They're just better at it naturally. And there's a biological explanation for it. That's why. So that's another thing that could be happening up in Sedona. Mm -hmm. We could have the spiraling magnetic vortex energy directly working with our brain's magnetic field, or it could also be interacting with the biological magnetite in our inner ear fluid and also in our brain tissue. It's all magnetic energy. Everything works on energy and frequency. So, and the neat thing about it is, and I've recorded this, I have all of the charts and the data to prove it. The magnetic energy up in Sedona happens at the same frequency as human brainwave activity. We have alpha, alpha, beta, theta, delta, gamma, and low theta, high theta, so on and so forth. Well, at that frequency that's happening inside of our brain, with all of the neurotransmitters and neuroreceptors firing at those frequencies, the magnetic vortex energy in Sedona is happening at the same frequency. Wow. Wow. So there are different possibilities to explain why we feel what we do when we're up there in one of the vortex spots. There, there's different avenues for it to interact with us. That's See, a big place. That was one of my thoughts while you were talking about this was that I was going to ask you, but you answered my question. You don't have to be psychic to go up there and experience no, anything. No. The only ability you need how to do is learn how to relax and calm yourself. That's mm-hmm. kind of the key. If you go up there all full of anxiety or you're worried about this or you're thinking about your motel bill or what you're going to do tomorrow chances are you're not going to experience you just have to quiet your mind that's key once you quiet your mind i guarantee you vortex energy is going to take over and anything goes it's it's just phenomenal years ago oh back in 1988 i went through a very traumatic, horrible, life-changing event I would never wish on anybody. And it messed me up for at least 10 years. Well, when I came to Sedona, and I first went there in 1999, and I went, yeah, vortex energy, woo-woo crap, it's all garbage. But once I, I built up the equipment, I had brought with me one piece of equipment to verify it, And I took it up to Sedona and I went, something's going on here because my equipment showed it. It revealed it. So I expanded on it. I contacted a one of the world's leading authorities on what's called Schumann Residence 
at the University of Alaska in Gokanaw, Alaska. He put me in touch with another super genius guy at MIT, and they instructed me on how to build the equipment to measure what, to prove my theory. Uh -huh. And he said, good luck. It took us eight years to develop the equipment. Four months later, I had it done. And I had my, I had my first data recorded proving what was going on up there. I sent it to my friend out at MIT, the professor, and he just adds, he went, congratulations. So I'm one of these people, I'm like a bulldog. If I want to make it reality, I stay at it until I accomplish it. You know, sometimes you have to do that. It's just, you got to stay at it and at it and at it until you have the proper equipment to find what you want to find. There's um, nothing wrong with that. You know what else came to mind when you were talking about the, the this like this shield thing we have around us, our heads? It yeah. makes me wonder how how far back people knew about this because when you look at our biblical figures, you know, a lot of people like <coughs> we're, saying, we're speculating those were helmets, but who knows? Because that that's that's like a you know that orange energy thing that they've got around their heads. Well, you look at all of their halos. Yes. All of the advanced deities yes. back then had halos around yes. their heads. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. And I spent quite a number of years involved with the uh, archaeological society. I've been on digs. I've seen a lot of places that the general public really hasn't seen. And I have no doubt in my mind that the ancients, 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 years ago, they were aware of this energy. They knew how to work with it. And a lot of that is reflected in old paintings of religious figures with halos around their right. head. It's right. their energy field. Now, very possibly, scientifically proven, the human body emits light. We glow. All of us glow, but that glow is a thousand times less than what our human eye can detect. If you have a very sensitive camera, you can see the glow around people. We all emit it. We, I tell people, we are not only flesh and blood. We are also electromagnetic beings. In fact, I, I take it a step further. I look at my body as a car. It's a vehicle. Who I truly am and who everybody truly is, is electromagnetic in nature. It's also light. Now, light is produced because every cell in our body talks to another cell. Mm -hmm. It's continually communicating. And it does that electrically without getting technical through cell, the cellular membrane that surrounds each nucleus of each cell. Well, every time you have electricity, you create photons of light. That's why we glow. Our cells are continuously talking to each other. You have our brain neurotransmitters and neuroreceptors constantly talking, communicating to each other. There's uh -huh. so much electricity going on inside of us. We glow. We give off photons. So the saying we are beings of light is not far-fetched. It's on the mark. It's just that our senses cannot perceive it. Okay. If you have a super sensitive camera, like I said, you'd be able to photograph it. So it's sure. very, very real. Sure. Again, I say, 
Again, I say we are more than we think we are. Right. Go ahead. I'm right. sorry. Oh, no, you mentioned going there yourself, and you're a scientist. And you, you mentioned me meeting that being. Can I ask you, and I know some of this is probably private, but can I ask you what type of visions you've had there, you know, when, when you were laying down or when you were standing? A lot of my work that I did with myself in the beginning, I would do my research with my electronic equipment so I could prove something's up here. Sure. But I had said years ago, I went through that very, very horrible experience. My first couple years up there, besides validating something was going on magnetically, mm -hmm. I did a lot of healing work. Whatever emotion, whatever trauma I was carrying, I would sit in these vortexes, let it come out mm -hmm. and get rid of it. I just, when I'm in an outflow, I just would project everything bad, everything negative within me, I would just give away to the universe and pull it out of me, take it out. And when I thought I was cleansed and I was over all the bad stuff, I'd go and lay on an inflow, which allowed me to go deeper within myself to see if anything else was hiding inside. You know, it was an ongoing process and I did that for a few years until I feel I purged myself of all of the baggage and the garbage I had been carrying around for years and years and years. I got nice. rid of it. Very yeah, nice. It's, it's just, it's phenomenal stuff. And, um, you know, for the record, so people aren't wondering, but it's not morose and I don't want people to feel pity Bad things happen to good people, like they say. Back in 1988, I lost two of my children were killed in a car accident. Uh, two of my daughters, one was two and a half months, one was 12 years old. So it was an experience I never want to wish on anybody. And I'm a very strong person. In fact, back then, people used to say, you have such a strength about you. Well, although I might have projected that out on the outside, but inside I was a total wreck, completely falling apart. Sedona helped heal that. I was able to cure it. Now, when you go through experiences like that, it changes you. You know, you're not who you're going to be in the past. In my case, the experience raised a lot of questions. What does it mean to be alive? Also, when we die, where do we go? Mm -hmm. That occurrence, like the old Chinese saying said, poison into medicine. I took that poison and turned it into a medicine. I took the experience, healed it, learned to work with it and understand it. And, and, and what a difference. For me, it was incredibly healing. So Sedona Vortex Energy can help people heal from bad experiences the energy can also if you come up there and you're already healed and you want to expand your understanding and knowledge of the universe and what it means to be alive you can use the energy for that uh whatever you want to use it for now you can't go up there sit on a vortex and go i want money it doesn't work that way it's more <laughs> use it for personal growth. That's the best way I could say it. it, it it's all about growing and understanding and, and figuring out who you are, 
and what it means to be alive. It, it's, it's just phenomenal. Um, for years and years and years, I told myself, I've got to write a book, probably about three books, with everything right. I've experienced and everything I've seen and everything I've learned about the energy there. The reality is, everything I want to accomplish in life yet that's tucked away up here in my gray matter, and this isn't negative. Reality is there isn't enough years left at 71 years old to do everything that's up here I want to do. Because right. every time I discover something and validate it, it creates more. And it's like, okay, let's go in. Let's go down this rabbit hole even deeper. Um, phenomenal stuff. I A big takeaway that I've learned after my quarter century of doing this one of the big ones, E.T. has always been here. They probably had a hand in creating who we are, and they never left. So I have to laugh. I remember back in the 1960s, the big thing was, oh, it's swamp gas. You didn't see anything. It's just swamp gas. And every decade or so, UAPs, the question of do extraterrestrials exist, it always comes back up in the public consciousness again. And then they come up with an excuse, no. I'm glad that now, finally, they've said, well, we know something's there, but we don't know what it is. Garbage. They've known what it is ever since 1947. So they've always been here. I know the government and the military has always been concerned. Is the general public ready to handle this knowledge? Uh -huh. um, I understand them going, no, they're, they're not ready. I think a very large amount of the people on this planet are ready for that knowledge. And I wish they'd just come out and admit it. Well, they've done a start by saying, yeah, UAPs are real, and they released some jet fighter footage of them chasing them. They've always been here. They've never left. They've always been here. It's not, it's nothing new. Uh -huh. And, but I've, you know, in the same token, I've known people. One guy told me one time, he says, well, if I ever see one, I'll shoot first and ask questions later. Well, with that type of a mentality, I can understand why they don't want to make it public knowledge because everybody will be outside shooting everything that flies by. Right. right. Now, and it's like I tell people, well, how do we know if they're good or they're bad? Two answers. If they wanted to get rid of us, they could have a long time ago. Any being that has the knowledge to do interdimensional space travel certainly has the knowledge to totally wipe this planet clean. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I just, they haven't done it. To be my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, mm -hmm. I think planet Earth is a big Petri dish, and I think at least one extraterrestrial species, if not more, I've heard rumored there were six species responsible for creating humans, I've heard 22, I've heard one or two, and <clears throat> to be honest with you, I don't know. Now, 
I have had a number of encounters with beings in the Sedona, in Sedona, in the Sedona area, that to me, I have absolutely no doubt they were extraterrestrials taking on human form, or they were advanced human hybrids. I have, I have never, they looked human. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about one encounter. Sure. I'll tell you about two and okay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> when I first arrived in Sedona, I went up on a very special place, one of my favorites I love. Uh, it's called Marg's Draw up on Schnebley Hill Road. And there's a nice parking lot. First time I went up there, I went up there at night. It was dark out. And there's an overlook. You can look at the city lights. And I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, I felt like a thousand eyes were looking at me. They weren't only looking at me. They were looking inside of me. It's, I had a feeling like they knew everything about me. I didn't have to tell them. And they asked me, what do you want here? And being a scientist, being very logical, it really knocked me for a loop because I'm going, what in the heck is going on here? And I told them, I said, I only want to learn. And as soon as I communicated that thought, all of the eyes disappeared. Now, in my mind at the time, it was such a bizarre experience. I thought to myself, what were these Native American elders? And the little more I thought about it, and I realized the eyes that were looking at me were almond-shaped. They were extraterrestrials. I'm going to guess grays because the shape of the eye, the glowing eye looking at me, and there were thousands of them, looked like gray ET eyes. So I got back in my Jeep and I left and I'm going, what in God's name just happened here? It was really odd. Well, I found the spot I was standing on later on with my equipment about two years later, I was on an inflowing vortex. I was standing right in the spot when all of that happened. And again, this is not a synthesized hallucination because of the magnetic energy. The energy that's up there when you're on one of these spots is creating an opening or a doorway for your consciousness to tap into other dimensional consciousness. I know that sounds way out there, but uh -huh. as a scientist, the intellect I've been possessed of, although some might disagree, uh, that's the only conclusion I can come up with. It's just, it's not a synthesized happening like mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Persinger was doing with the God Helmet. It's a naturally occurring spot where you literally connect with other dimensions and other beings that exist in that dimension. It's just phenomenal. So that was my first encounter. Now, it was my first in Sedona. I had my first in-my-face encounter with an extraterrestrial UAP. Back where I grew up in Wisconsin, I was 18 years old. And I won't go into detail. I ended up, I was driving on a backcountry road. 
I saw something out of the window. I pulled over, got out of the car. Here was a craft, no doubt, no mistaking it for what it was, just hovering about 150 feet above the ground and maybe 200 feet from me. And it just sat there like it was observing me or looking at me. And I'm sitting there looking at this thing. It didn't make a sound. All It had five, like, portal windows up on the, above it in the upper half and then four down below it, but I couldn't see its shape. It was dark outside. I could just see the light emitting out of the portals. Oh. And it gently swayed back and forth. It wasn't perfectly stationary. And the first thing I thought of, I was an 18-year-old kid. I thought, what is that, the Goodyear blimp out at night, and I'm seeing light coming out of the windows in the gondola hanging under the blimp? I was trying to rationalize what it was. And I was on my way to pick up a date, somebody I was head over heels with. I remembered I had a date, and I got back in my car and left, and the craft was still sitting there in the same spot. Now, since that time happened, other people have reported odd stuff in that area, that spot. And it was right above the river. So again, here we have water entering in and playing a factor in this. Um, phenomenal stuff. Now, my third time, I've had probably at least a dozen encounters with craft in my 24 years in Sedona. I have a photograph of them. So oh. if anybody wants a question, I can give you a photograph, show it to you for yourself. But anyway, um, I had another happening. This was in a town maybe about 10 miles from Sedona. There was an antique place there I just used to love going to. And I came out of the antique shop, and I'm standing in the parking lot ready to get in my car. And this is about maybe seven eight, nine years ago now. And all of a sudden, I felt something kind of weird. This car drove in to the parking lot. This guy gets out of the car. I couldn't look at him. I just had a feeling like I was in the presence of something a lot more than me. I couldn't bring myself to look at him. And I'm one of these people, if I'm talking to you face to face, I'm going to look you straight in the eye because... I call the eyes are gateways to the soul. If you want to know a person, look them right in the eye. And I could not bring myself to look at this being. I just felt like I'm out of place here. It didn't feel right. This being came, being came up. He put his hand on my shoulder. No, not yet. He stood about a foot away from me and he asked directions to get to another place. So I gave him directions, and after I told him where to drive, this is bizarre. He put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, bless you. And I went, what? And after he said, bless you, I turned around and looked at him. This being had no irises. He had just, like, white eyeball and then totally dark iris and pupil. There was no iris. It was, like, all pupil. Wow. He had jet black hair all the way down to his waist, like silk. It looked like silk. It was just unbelievable. Here's the kicker. His skin color was greenish brown, like an olive color. 
And at the time I'm looking at his skin, I'm going, what are you, Mediterranean? And I have never encountered anyone like that. I was awed. I felt like I was in the presence of something so much more than me. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really want to be there. And like I said, after I gave him directions, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, bless you. And I thought, where did that come from? Why? And he got in his car and he drove away. I'm standing there in the parking lot for a few minutes going, what in God's name just happened? That just, but now looking back at it, this being was either extraterrestrial in human form or he was a human extraterrestrial hybrid. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can come up with. I don't know. You know, I, now looking back, I wish he would have stayed there and we could have, he could have answered a thousand questions on the mysteries mm-hmm. of the universe. I was filled with them. But what an encounter. It awestruck. And I am comfortable around anybody. I don't care if, if what your status is. I don't care who you are. You're a person just mm-hmm. like I am. No matter what your status is, your financial worth, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're a human being. I could not handle standing next to this person. I felt like I don't, I'm not worthy to be next to whatever this being was. In fact, at one point while he was still there, I had the thought, I wanted to look at him and go, what are you? What are you? Because what I was interacting with, as far as I'm concerned, was not human or was hybrid human. Now, back in the 90s, I can't prove this, but I had a very, I've had several friends that have been in Sedona long-term, very long time, and I'm not the only one ever reported being interacting with gray ETs. But a lot of the old timers up in Sedona said back in the 90s, there was a very large facility back in the outback, one of the canyons. Uh And it has human occupation and it also has extraterrestrial occupation. And the old timers will tell you they were creating human ET hybrids in the canyon area. And when the children got old enough, they were releasing them into foster care in Sedona. They figured what a better place to release human hybrids than in a crazy place like Sedona. They'll fit right in. And that was a story. I can't validate that. But all of the people that have told me that they're credible. They have no reason to fabricate or lie. And they've been up there in that area a very, very long time. Uh, I've been very privileged in my lifetime to know several ex-military people and other high-level people Uh that have pretty much corroborated and validated everything I'm telling you here. I had one old-time military guy, and he joined... World War II, he lied about his age. He was 17 years old. He was a lifer. He flew bombing missions over Germany. And he told me, we knew 
Hitler had perfected anti-gravity. He said, mm -hmm. we chase his ships. We couldn't catch them. They were too fast. But he said it took them a real long time to make a turn. They couldn't boop, boop, real quick. Took them a real long time. But he said we couldn't catch them. They were too fast. That's where the term Foo Fighters came from. You heard of the band Foo Fighters. Well, right. they, took, they took that name because the World War II pilots that would encounter Hitler's craft, anti-gravity craft, nicknamed them Foo Fighters. They didn't know what they were, so they called them Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. And so this old friend of mine, they kicked him out of the military and when he was 78 years old. He was a super lifer. And they made him retire. He was mad. He didn't want to retire, and they made him. But he told me one time, he used to call me boy. I, he was a lot older, typical career military. And he told me one time, he said, listen, boy, have you ever watched Star Trek? And I would come on. I grew up on Star Trek, of course. He okay. said, damn near everything you've ever seen on Star Trek, we are already doing. And he wow. said, I know. He said, I held very high level clearance in all of the branches of the military. I was there. I was part of it. And dead serious. It's hearsay. I can't prove it. But all of the people I have had the privilege of knowing throughout my life have no reason to lie. None. Mm -hmm. None whatsoever. Wow. So, so again, I reiterate to people, this world and universe is more than what you think it is. And so are you, the audience. We are really incredible, phenomenal beings if we only learn how to use what we have naturally. We haven't been taught how to do it, and that's the problem. I want to thank you so much. This hour blew by. My gosh, this, this was wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Laundry. Well, I could very easily keep talking for hours and hours. So if you ever want me back, let me know. I will Why, do that, definitely. I was, like I said, I always wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. But so much has been learned, experienced, and proven in the last 24 years. I'd fill up a library, so... And another thing I'm very good at, my uncle would look at me if he was alive and say, who put a quarter in you like a jukebox? Once you get me talking, it's pretty hard to shut me up. And that's <laughs> only be, it's only because there's so much I've experienced and so much I can prove, I'd like to talk about it. Because if, if you learn something or, or you gain some knowledge, it's kind of a travesty if you don't share it with other people. It's just right. information, knowledge should be shared. It shouldn't be pilfered and held within. So, yeah, a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Well, we'll get you back on, okay? Yeah, definitely going to have you back on because you are fascinating to talk to. Okay, did your other guest ever make it back on or no? Uh, she's, she had issues with her computer, so that's okay. Okay, that's, that's okay. all right. Anytime, I, let me know. And I have to, uh, when we had the email discussion about this service, right? Um, everything looks good on the up and up, so keep using it. Everything looks good. Sorry I gave you a hard time in the beginning. 
No problem, no problem. All right, you have a good rest of your evening, sir. All right, you too. Thank you for having me on, and thanks to all the audience for listening. There's and a thank lot you for coming. Oh, hold it. Um, is, is there some place people can reach you at? Oh, well, I'm on Facebook. I have 5,000 friends now, but they can follow me. It's open. It's not private. If they want to message me, they can message me. Mm -hmm. uh, also, if, all right, my website, my email is up on the top of the website. That's one way. And my website and my YouTube channel, there is a tremendous amount of videos on YouTube where I explain what a vortex energy is. Uh, just go to Google or your favorite search engine Mm -hmm. Type in Benjamin Longtree, and you'll find about five pages on me. My website's okay. there. It's called SedonaAnomalies.com, all one word. It stands for Sedona Anomalies, but I had to merge it for the website address, SedonaAnomalies.com, and just get on YouTube and type in Benjamin Longtree. And you'll you'll find my my bed channel. My emails on my website. The website's very large. I've got 24 years of research up there, so it's a big website. Um, yeah, just type in Benjamin Lone Tree in Google or any search engine, and you'll find me. My YouTube channel. You have to be careful now because there's two YouTube channels. I had my original one I created 12 years ago, but I no longer have access to it because YouTube changed your format and mm -hmm. I can't log in. So I created a new Benjamin Lone Tree YouTube channel and it's got keywords under Sedona, Vortex, Sedona, all types of stuff. That new site has tons of new videos of all my research where I explain what's happening in Sedona. And it also has a link to my old YouTube channel. So you can kind of jump back and forth. But the latest, greatest, newest channel that has videos on it of the Bradshaw Ranch and Sedona's Vortex Energy, that's on my new YouTube. Make sure you find that one. Now, once you're on the YouTube channel, if you don't know, under each, I have one he heading that says Sedona Vortex Research, and then I have a second one says Bradshaw Ranch Research, Sedona Skinwalker. Mm -hmm. Under each one, it says Playlist. Click the playlist because I have multiple videos of my research under each heading. So there's a lot of data out there. You just got to find me on YouTube and you uh, just type in my name and you'll find my website, which has my email. So any question you have, Facebook, you can always ask me a question because it's open forum. Even if I can't accept a friend request as I'm maxed out, sure. you can always follow me and you can always send me messages that way or use my email, which is on my website. And I took a long time to say a little about a lot here. So <laughs> I'll let you get running. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. I did too. We'll have to see you next time. I'll definitely be in touch to get you booked again, okay? Sounds good. Have a good okay. evening. All right, you too. Bye-bye.
All right. That was incredible. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Tomorrow, we'll be back, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, with Medium Nancy Matz. We're going to be comparing poltergeists and ghosts. What, what is the difference? So that's tomorrow's topic. Thank you, everybody, for coming, and thank you so much. We had a, a little bit of a rocky start, but uh, got through it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So I will see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great evening.